0: hello and welcome to the future tribe podcast each week we'll be talking about getting things done we'll talk to people who've built up their businesses pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality we're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters i'm your host jermaine muller you're listening to the future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started Okay, so we had a bit of a technology fail, but now we're back. Um, What was it? Your phone overheated?
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, how's this for Brisbane winter? My phone overheated because it's too hot up here. (laughs) So we have to wait for it to cool down again.
0: There we go. Well, we're back. Um, Before we we got cut off rudely by technology, um, we were talking about pricing. So you talked about how, you know, you've been very transparent, you've been very honest, you've been very comfortable with your pricing. I think that's yeah. that's something that um, not everyone is able to say when it comes to how they price their business and how they they've felt about pricing. I certainly mm-hmm. can't say that I've always been. Even even now, I'm sometimes uncomfortable um, because I want to help people, and you know, charging mm-hmm. it's, so it sort seems sort of counterintuitive. Intuitive. But um, tell me, how did you how did you start doing that? Did you look at your competitors? Was that was that the first step, or did you set like you know? I, Georgie, wants to be paid $20 an hour and went from there? Or what did you do?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I more did the latter. So um, I I did definitely struggle when I was pricing some of the women's collective services because I had not set out to become a coach. I didn't have a background of coaching or repertoire of coaching. All I have was my teaching degree, which is came in handy but is not entirely relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I essentially just picked a quite a low figure for the industry and felt that that was a really great place to start with the introductory pricing point. And then what I I did was I asked my clientele to fill in a survey at the end of sessions with me just to say, how did this rate with your expectations? How do you feel this was for your, um, how much value you got versus what I charged? Mm -hmm. And really just asked for feedback from my actual clients as to what they thought that the pricing was the price point was valued at and then over time i have slowly increased my pricing to reflect um not just my experience but the outcomes and the results from the clients that i've worked with and also in ter- more in line with um industry standards of course it's a bit of a hard one because yeah when it comes to coaching sometimes i think i genuinely feel like people just pluck a figure out of <laughs> But yeah, and so I'm kind of at the point now where um, I am really comfortable with my pricing. I have a, I have a goal that I want to get to um, for my hourly rate, but I'm not in any rush to get there. I, just, I really want to use this as an opportunity to keep building my repertoire and keep mm-hmm. building my experience to justify a higher rate in the future.
0: Sure. So, um, when did you first charge for a client through? Apart from, so the conference was a paid conference, was it, or was it a free? Yeah.
1: So, the, so the conference was paid. Um, the ticket they were, there was a ticket price, but it was, and we made a small profit, but it was more around breaking even on those costs because I had never pulled off an event like that, that size before. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly about making sure I didn't lose money, which luckily I didn't, because it was quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this when I first charged for my um, coaching, I looked at what my time was, what I felt my time was worth in terms of how much, how much feedback and value I could provide within that time. So an hour, how much, how much realistically can I give somebody in my hour? And then also incorporated things like my travel costs and any parking or costs that were involved in the actual service delivery, and then take out tax, and then make sure that what was left over was. I felt a fair
0: representation of the, the effort that I put in. Sure. Okay. And so when when was it that you charged for your services or that you first charged for your services?
1: My first ever paid coaching consult was in August of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out of somebody asking me if, they, if I did coaching. And I said, sure. I think one of my biggest tips um, or one of my biggest, beliefs when it, when it when it comes to business is if somebody asks if you do something and it is in it, with the caveat being that it's in the scope of what you can actually provide mm. you say yes and you figure out the details later, later um, yes. obviously you don't say yes if you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> you say no sorry i can't do that but if, but you if it's have kind done of within reach forms yes pre- Previously, but just not the form that somebody's asking you. Then you say yes, of course I can do that, and you work out the details later. So I said yes, and then I um, booked that in that I said to that I said to that person, look, I will do it as a trial price of this amount, just because I haven't done a I haven't done a formal service like this before. Mm. Um, and then so I got the feedback, and then I started with my introductory pricing, saying I now offer this service.
0: Yeah. So when you started your pricing, um, what would you say if if you don't mind you know talking about relative to now what the what the percentage was the reason i asked the question is um to look at i think some people get lost in um the the fantasy of you know as soon as i start i don't have to do a lot of work i can start charging top dollar i don't have to put in the effort um and i want to touch on the fact that you know not only did it did did you start charging four years after your first event for this business Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously that you know there's a lot of work that went in there so I want to touch on that that effort and then also show how you can you don't have to start with the final pricing Um, so as an approximate percentage what 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 did you charge your first client relative to what you're charging them so um,
1: my first I'm happy to give you details that's no problem Um, so my first client my first two clients I charged out at $80 an hour for coaching Mm. Um, and now I am sitting at a price point of 170 an hour for coaching, which is still um, really affordable. I'm still really happy with that pricing. My goal, my goal is to get to 250 an hour, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I wholeheartedly believe that I can provide that much content within an hour service. And I could probably do it right this minute. But it's, it's I am an overachiever and a perfectionist, and so until I can. The way that I see my pricing is that until I can provide at least two hundred and fifty dollars an hour worth of content to a client that I'm least comfortable with, Mm -hmm. then I'm not going to charge it to people that I'm most comfortable with. And so, um, the way that my coaching works is I give the rough indication of every hour that you have with me in a session equates to about a month's worth of work and things to implement. So. I mean, fantastic how i've kind
0: of broken down my pricing yeah. yeah yeah i was that was going to be my next question because obviously you can value yourself at 250 dollars an hour but yeah. um i can guarantee you i can guarantee anyone who's kind of who knows what they're talking about that the actual value in part is you know tenfold if not if not even yeah. more um so that when someone Absolutely. sits down with you for an hour they they spent 250 bucks but you know that, mm-hmm. that they save three thousand dollars that they would have spent with a web developer or you know five thousand dollars that they would have spent with a strategist for their marketing um and i guess the the real benefit with those kinds of services that especially working with you is that you know what is required um in terms of what you have to do to get there so what you're giving them is essentially all the information that they need all the all the theoretical knowledge but then they can go and implement that and put in the the labor so they essentially save the labor cost is that generally how how it kind of happens
1: yeah look i would absolutely agree with that so um the way that i see it is i have through the last four years of my work learnt um apps programs um websites you know done all of this manual research and manual um you know understanding of the best practice way to do things Mm -hmm. Um, and I've then condensed that learning and then turned it into a program so with my one-on-one coaching services I always will tweak them individually for each person however I have a general I would say probably three hour program so that if someone says to me look I've got three hours I mean I very very rarely do a three-hour session they usually Mm -hmm. One to two hours. Yes. Just because they're so overwhelming in terms of how much content you get. But I essentially have a program that I have created that goes through everything including Okay, well, what's your business? What's the structure? How does it make money? How can you scale up that money? How do your social media platforms fit in? Which ones do you need to be on? How do you use them? How do you differentiate content? How do you then convert sales from that to fit into your business model that we talked about in the beginning? So Mm -hmm. I have this humongous program um, that I follow. And so also another thing that's really helpful for me is that when somebody says to me, okay, well, like, how does your... I must say I'm pretty lucky, like when people want to come and work with me, they don't actually ever really question, they just say, yeah. I want to work with you and we figure it out when we get there, but if anybody ever did say to me, okay, well, what will we actually talk about and what will we actually cover? I can give them a list of 20 things and it's about how much we get through in that session and what's most relevant to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's, again, one of those things where um, business owners generally time poor, so um, not are yeah, you imparting a lot of information, you're also imparting that information to people who have limited time to implement it. Then, there's little value probably in spending three hours in one go when they know that they can only put in 10 hours this month, um, as yeah. opposed to spend an hour with, with you and implement that in the month and then come back and have, because ultimately it's, it's a step-by-step process, isn't it, growing a business and working on a business? Absolutely,
1: yeah, like I mean, Honestly, in my sessions, I go in wanting to cover. I know in my own head what I want to be able to cover and what I think is going to be the best return on investment for that person. But often, we don't even get through anywhere near what I want to get through because when you actually sit down and break it down and impart all of that information and then they know they have to go home and then implement that, it ends up being so much more work. So I don't ever have the problem. Um, I'm very lucky I don't ever have the problem of someone having finished the session with me going, okay, well, like, what do I do now? Well, yes. Where to from here? They always go away with more than enough information.
0: That's awesome. Um, let's touch on um, the the community side of things. So you've got a Facebook group, a Facebook page, and an Instagram page. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's
1: yep. correct. So the way that I've set up my digital presence is I've got a great mix of, um, you know, bigger platforms where women can engage with each other and they don't really need me in that. Um, so I'll facilitate the discussion, but, I, but you know, people can connect with each other. And so that's on my bigger platforms, which, which are my Instagram and my Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm. But then I also
1: have a closed Facebook group where I share a little bit more personally with the women in that group. I put daily prompts for questions or conversation starters. I provide tips and tricks. And so that allows me to work with the women in there a little bit closer. And then I also have another group that is on Facebook um, that is even smaller again for all my alumni course members. So they are the people that will often get things like if I've got a trial service coming up, I will um, offer it to them first because I know that they've worked with me in the the past. They've already invested with me. I want to reward that investment. But also I know that they're going to give me, because they already have a good relationship, they're going to give me really honest feedback and really um, practical feedback. So I do have um, a few different levels of how people can work and connect with me. But it's always, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not pushy at all. Like I don't, I try not to push any of those links. If you go onto Facebook and you look, for the group you can find it you can join it every now and again I'll put um you know a call out to say hey by the way we have this group if you want to join but um I very much let it be community led and individual persons led because mm-hmm. there's no point in me you know pushing people into a community that they don't want be and I think that's why it works as really well because I've never ever pushed that growth it's just always been organic
0: and how, what what does that growth look like? Do you remember what? I mean, you started in 2013, 2014 with, I would assume, zero, zero real um, followers. Yeah. Um, and then what's, what's yeah. that looked like since?
1: So, um, the Facebook pages, I think I started up, and I actually got a notification about this yesterday. So, it was four years ago for the Instagram and the Facebook page pretty much to. To the day, Mm -hmm. um, and obviously we started at literally no one, and now we're sitting at um, we've just hit two thousand on Facebook. I have six hundred and eighty people in the closed groups. That's eight six hundred and eighty direct connections, and then we've got twelve and a half thousand on
0: Instagram. Wow! So do you find that obviously a lot of effort? Twelve and a half thousand not easy to easy to reach, Mm -hmm. um. What, what in terms of the value that each platform provides, or the, to, the what I'm trying to touch on here is, what do you find um, is, say, um, the type of content that is responded with, what kind of engagement do you see in each platform, because no doubt they're going to be different, and then ultimately what kind of direct, um, it, well, what kind of uh, financial value can you attribute it? to those groups to your business so uh, i am a fan for example with our clients we tell them to stick to one platform and get it really really good and really correct um, to start off with um and then kind of expand from there um and the big thing there also is to work out before they decide on what platform is to work out how are they going to how's this going to relate to their business activities and how can they Draw some sort of value um, because putting in effort is good, but at some point you need to be able to extract value. So, what do you find in terms of you know Instagram and Facebook? Where would you say you, uh, which which is the lead gen for you? Do you look at that kind of thing? Um, what what's your experience yeah, sure. been?
1: Look, I think it's a really, I think it's a really interesting question and a really valid point. One of the main um, common mistakes that I see with clients is that they have Um, a Facebook page and an Instagram page, and they um, create the exact same content and then put it across both of those pages and they don't differentiate that at all. Um, Unfortunately, where that's going to, you're going to come unstuck is that the types of content that Instagram and Facebook are built for are different. So yes, there's similar features across both of those platforms, but Instagram is very picture-based. Obviously, it is very aesthetic-based it is a platform that is built around aspiration and inspiration, whereas, uh, whereas Facebook is much more a platform for discerning, disseminating information about your business or your service, you know, FAQs and more detailed information because that is a more text-based platform.
2: Mm-hmm. So in
1: answer to your question, what I choose to do is I do a lot of picture things obviously on Instagram. I do a lot of stories, so things like you know, showing my life, what I'm doing, and also making it the most beautiful possible. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a tagline in my Instagram that says Aesthetic Queen, which makes me laugh because it does sound really ridiculous. <laughs> but honestly, the <laughs> amount of people that, like, comment on that and think that, like, that is exactly what sums up my platform and that's why they follow it because it is all the same color scheme, the same style of photography, the same kind of content, um, that, yeah, that's that thumbs up my Instagram. And then on Facebook, that's a place that I really allow for um, better discussion and deeper discussion. So Instagram is more a place for me to share about me and my journey. And then Facebook is where I bring in community. So I ask people how they're going with their journey, what they're doing, what they're Mm -hmm. struggling with, how I can assist them. And we get more of a conversation from that
0: yeah and and ultimately see i find that i mean i put a lot of effort into my social media probably not as much as i should be but you know that's going to be changing moving forward but just just because everyone's time poor and you know it's one of those things that um like you mentioned when you started you didn't have too many people surrounding you to help you necessarily the business side of things um talking to the the average person talking to my friends they tend to think, you know, Instagram or social media in general is this bad thing that's um, all about, you know, your ego and boosting your ego. Um, so, you know, taking a bunch of photos and kind of really um, targeting what you want from those photos can be seen as a as a negative thing, which I find is interesting. But, you know, you're now talking about how important it is to to make a conscious effort on your socials because i mean no one's forcing you to do it so um and that's what it comes down to because it's one of those things that if you have a poor say instagram presence and you drive people to instagram regardless that's probably going to be more negative than positive so you might as well put in the effort when you're posting content i think the thing
1: is you know um when it comes to instagram it it definitely is a beast i'm not going to sugarcoat that like It is a time-sucking, you know, scary place, thing of a place, but um, it is dictated by the world that we live in at the moment. I mean, you know, I am big on Instagram because I recognize that people value Instagram. I mean, some days it makes me feel very battered to be Mm. Instagramming everything that I'm doing. Sometimes I do really wish that I could just live my life and not (laughs) content that showcases your business in a way that people want to see Um, so yeah I'm, I'm a really big advocate for using social media but just not using it blindly being smart about the kind of content that you're posting on social media and also you know narrowing down on what the people that follow your page or look for your content are actually wanting you know from from that platform
0: yeah. 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 And I must say, I love the fact that you use a conversation language and all the, on, on the appropriate medium, which I I find Instagram, your language is much more conversational and within the Facebook groups. um, I would say is probably more conversational as well, but then you, so you really do tailor your content, even how you kind of the language you use for the medium, which again is a is a very valuable tip rather than just sharing your instagram photos onto facebook which i'm very guilty of doing because it's so much easier to click that share to facebook
1: i need to fix that up myself as well it is it is very tricky i think getting the balance right is you know the, the balance is so fine between spending the right amount of time on your social media and then spending too much i think that it's kind of like you know, they get to a point where you've been as productive as possible and then it's so easy to stay on that platform and just waste time. So I'm not going to lie that that's not something that I struggle with myself. Um, But yeah, it's it's about, you know, Recognizing the kind of people and the kind of numbers of people as well. So in a, in my closed group, I um I try and really get more two way conversation going mm-hmm. because I think okay well if I was talking to six hundred people in a room, this is what I would want to say to them. But if I'm on you know if I'm in an auditorium speaking to twelve and a half thousand, it's going to be a little bit less two way and it's going to be it's going to want to have a little bit more purpose and a little more inspirational you know feeling behind it.
0: Yeah. So and and another thing that I think you've touched on is, so you, when you post onto Instagram or Facebook, do you actually think about in real life, would I say this or do this? Is that something you actively do?
1: I really do because uh, at the end of the day, I guess my main goal on Instagram is to turn those relationships into paying customers. Mm. Um, And you know, that may be one-on-one in person or maybe one-on-one online. And so I don't want them to have followed me on Instagram and bought into what I have to say and the tone of voice that I have to say it in to then work with me and go, you are literally nothing like you posted that. You know, that's going to be really disheartening to both myself and that future customer. Mm -hmm. So being, you know, speaking the way that I speak and trying to be, you know, um, using a tone of voice that is reflective of how I actually am is really important.
0: Yeah. So, so you're not putting on this fake facade. Um, you're, you're, you're essentially the same person. And, and I guess talking about passive income and and et cetera, et cetera, it's important because if you were managing two different personalities in real life and and online, um, I'd imagine that I'd just get lost in which one I have to be in the different scenarios. It's just so much easier to be authentic, isn't it? And the thing is,
1: When it comes to, and I I know that authenticity is such an overused buzzword, but when you are authentic, you are also attracting the kind of people that want to invest in you. If you're trying to be somebody that you're not or you're trying to be someone that you've seen on Instagram that has worked really well for that person, there is always going to be that disharmony. And one thing that I have found about Instagram which has really blown me away and surprised me is how intuitive that platform is. So if you are ever being fake or doing something that doesn't align with who you really are, it will show in the engagement. People can sense it a mile off, which is so surprising, Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why it's just really important to actually get real comfortable real quick with who you are and just be that and not try and be someone else.
0: Yeah, just put it out there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. So before we get into the top 12. Um, Let's talk about where we can find you, um, your Instagram, your Facebook, um, and yeah. your website as well. Do you, you want to give, give us your handles?
1: Yeah, great. So um, our Instagram is at the underscore women's underscore collective. If you go into your Facebook and then just forward slash or backslash, I always forget the two. <laughs> the women's collective, no faces, mm-hmm. no punctuation. Um, the website is thecollectiveco.net. Um, And from any of those platforms, you should be able to reach me
0: pretty easily. Awesome. Fantastic. So let's get into the top 12. Now the top 12 are 12 top things within three different areas um, that I want this to be the kind of thing that people can go, if I don't listen to anything else, I want to listen to the top 12. I want to use these tools. I want to read these books, listen to these podcasts and live my life this way. So let's start. Top three books or podcasts that you recommend. What are the top three?
1: Okay. So um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a fuck is phenomenal. If you have not read that book, go and do it. It will help you with basically every area of your life, but mostly with the way that you can relate to the world, which I think you cannot be successful in business if you don't understand your place in the world and how you feel and your personal development. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then my second two would also be um, two by the same author. You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero is a phenomenal book. It is... Much more woo woo than I thought that I would enjoy. Like in terms of, it's definitely about manifestation and mm-hmm. thinking about your position in the universe and why you are where you are. And it's just not something that I ever thought that I would relate to. I tend to quite to be quite practical and quite down
0: down, down to mind. earth. But yeah, I, I get really
1: that. Enjoyed that book. I yeah. really really enjoyed it. And then her follow up book to that was. You are a badass at making money, um, and that was essentially the same kind of thing, but around manifesting money. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, with the months that I read that book, I nearly um, half doubled, or half increased on the math, but increased by fifty um, percent. Yeah, increased by fifty percent my um, my income, and that has been a pattern that has stayed since since April since I read that book. So love it. So
0: significantly helpful yeah so are you saying that if someone was to invest in you they'd see 50 percent growth month on month is that is that where you're at at the moment
1: oh look yeah sure <laughs> yeah. um i uh i uh, am really side note with my coaching i'm really trying i'm trying to be really practical about um to in business so you know i'm not just about giving handy hints and people I, I, one of the things that we do spend a lot of time on is looking at revenue and going okay well you know if you did this this and this you could increase this revenue you could double that product output you could mm-hmm. you know, do xyz and that was one of the things that this book really helped me with so
0: highly recommended. it nice awesome okay now getting onto the software and you know tools that you use top three what, what, what would you give yep. us okay
1: uh, Canva is amazing. I'm obsessed with that um, with that website slash app. Um, it is gonna basically put graphic designers out of business. Um, sorry, any graphic designer, <laughs> um, but uh, you know it's just making life so much easier. Um, Lightroom, either on mobile or on desktop, photo editing is phenomenal. Again, it's just gonna take your content to a whole new level. And then I would probably um, look at something like a scheduling app um, where you can schedule your content for Instagram. It just takes the guesswork out of posting. Mm-hmm. You can have a look at what your um, feed is going to look like and then it's pre-set up for you. So all you have to do is just jump on and post it or there are even are some that will automatically post for you. I personally don't recommend that because the whole point of Instagram is to connect with people and, you know, you kind of want to be on there posting photos yourself, but
0: if you're really time for, they do have that functionality. Okay, and what what tool do you use at the moment? Do you, do you know? Do you remember?
1: I'm currently using um, um, UN, UN, and it's just a pretty basic scheduling tool. You mm-hmm. can preload photos in there, but what I like about that app is that it will also allow you to, ed- to do some basic editing in that app along with scheduling. So nice. some of the other ones, you can only preload the photos, but you can't edit them in that mm-hmm. app. So I'll still always edit in Lightroom first but sometimes when I add the photos in I'll notice that like maybe one of them is just a little bit too light or a little bit too dark and I'll just tweak the adjustments on that one.
0: Awesome the next three so the top three mantras that you try and live by what would you say?
1: This is a great one okay um my one of of my mantras which sounds so hilarious but I'm just going to go with it is I love money and money loves me (laughs) from the book.
2: Uh Um,
1: And uh, you know, that it's just something that whenever I'm feeling stressed about money, I just like say it out loud. I feel like an idiot, but it you know, it just kind of shakes up my vibe. It shakes up my mood and I just kind of move on. Um, Another one is imperfectly perfect, which is just about recognizing that there is, there is no such thing as perfection. And um, you know, you will just continue to be growing and changing and, you know, you'll never be perfect, but you're also, that's how you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I guess the third one would probably be this too will pass, Um, you know, because I am someone that is incredibly emotional, incredibly, um, you know, sensitive, and I have struggled a lot with depression and anxiety in my life, and which is not something that I'm ever shy about uh, talking about. But, you know, sometimes the world could be perfect and my brain tries to tell me that the sky is falling and mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that this will pass. You know, this mood, this day, this challenge, it will pass.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it all. Um, that was really the top 12. One last thing I want to just quickly chat to you about before we hang up is, you you know, you mentioned money a bunch of times. I love that you're just owning the fact that, you know, yes, you want to give back. Yes, you want to help people, but... You still love money because ultimately, you know. I think the media and the world is very quick to go. Instagrams a bad thing. It's all negative. Social media is negative. Mm-hmm. Money is negative. You shouldn't go after money. Mm-hmm. My rebuttal for that has been that money is a tool that you need to use. It is part of mm-hmm. part of how society is mm-hmm. set up. Um, without it, you can't really accomplish a whole lot. Um, no matter what anyone says, at the end of the day, money is a very valuable and useful tool, mm-hmm. and do you agree with the fact that you can build an authentic community you can give back to people and you can still be focused on the financial side of things as well
1: yeah oh absolutely and i'll, and I'll try and um simplify my my view to money so that people don't have to listen to me talk for days. but i believe that if you are on, if you're doing what you were put on this earth to do, and for me that is, it's taken me a few years to figure it out, but that is, you know, to improve people's lives, to coach and to teach because I am so passionate about that. If I am not doing that for, if I'm doing that for free, if I'm not charging for that, then I have to have a nine to five day job and I have to give all of my energy to be there or as much of my energy as you know as it requires and then I only have what is left over to give back to people. But if I can get comfortable with the fact that I will charge money for that particular service, then that allows me to spend the best of my energy and the best of my time giving people that. And it's actually, I, tr- I know this sounds like so like just funny to hear, but I genuinely believe that I am changing lives and I am making a difference. And
0: I don't think that's funny just I saying. People for that. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it's awesome. Like you've I got to own it.
1: Allowed, yeah. <laughs> Know, it allows me to be able to give people the best of my time um and you know one thing that i am so passionate about is being able to give back to people tenfold so you know my yes you might pay for an hour of my time but one thing that you're always going to get that you don't that i can't put a figure on is a direct relationship with me you know and a direct way to connect with another human being to be inspired you know i'm inspired by my clients as well you know and none of this would be possible without money changing hands it's just it's nothing to be ashamed of i think where you should be ashamed about charging money is if you are charging it to people that can't afford it if you are selling it to people that can't pay for it or if you're charging something that you cannot validate that's yeah. where the shame again
0: comes in so be, be basically be ashamed if you've got to convince someone to Basically, steal their money yeah. from them, or, or if yeah. you honestly, outgoing... thing... Mm-hmm So here you go.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say honestly, the one thing that I say to my clients all the time, or my potential clients, is if they say to me, "Oh, you know, I'm just gonna think about it, or I'm gonna, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever," one thing I always say is, "Don't stress. I am always here. Like when you're ready, sure, come, come on. But yeah. I will never, I will literally never say." here's my calendar Book in. do this, do that. Like until someone has come to me and been 100% okay, this is what I want to do. Cause yeah. it doesn't help them and it doesn't help me. And we end up on the wrong, we start off on the wrong
0: foot. Wrong foot. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Um, I'm not going to take any more of your time. Um, thanks for, thanks for featuring um, on our podcast, Georgie from no the women's Perspective.
1: Thank you for having me. It was, it was awesome. Great chat mate.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to jump in here. Um, in the excitement of recording the podcast, I actually forgot to copy uh, the last question that we were going to. Oh, I was going to ask Georgie, um, and so what I ended up doing was emailing her and asking her her top three people that she follow and why she follows them. Um, so you're just gonna hear from me um, with a bit of feedback from Georgie on why she follows these people and who they are. So to get started, uh, the first is at Friend of Bay. So all these actually Instagram accounts, um, at Friend of Bay, she says amazing memes and keeps her, her feed lighthearted. Um, there really are amazing uh, memes on there and there's about 750,000 followers on that on that account so at friend of bay um, where you can go to get funny amazing memes um, that just i guess lightens your day next is the account of uh, frank body scrub so that's at frank underscore bod Um, she loves their approach to social media marketing Um, again it's really nice to have Accounts to follow that you can gain inspiration from and motivation from and ideas from and this is definitely one of them for her And the last one is at hello trader and hello trader is a concept store um, They sell furniture homewares and lifestyle um, Again, it's at hello trader on on Instagram. She says that it's um, Fantastic to follow them for her color palette and home interior inspiration So those are three accounts that I would suggest you check out as well. Um, there's another. Nice variety of uh, different accounts there and different reasons to follow them Uh, so give them a check and let us know what you think Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Tribe Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i.be. If you haven't already, become a part of the Tribe on Facebook. Go to futuretribe slash F-B and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there that's it from us i hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future it's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe see you next time